You're now listening to the Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary? Hey, what's up, everyone? It's going good. And um, yeah, I mean, like, lately it's been very slow and everything, you know, like after E3, things tend to slow down in terms of gaming news and, you know, discussion and everything, but um it's still good to to be here once a week at least just to discuss some topics at least so yeah good to be here absolutely and uh as for today's show it would only be greg gary and i because uh as we said everybody has other things that is going on right now within their schedules and there isn't really going to be too much to talk about so figure that it will just be me and him for today and we will see what the future holds but uh, <clears throat> that's pretty much it for introductions. So uh, before we get into the very small list of news stories this week, uh, we're going to let you all know what we have been playing. So, uh, Gary, how about you go first and let us know what you've been playing? Uh, th- this is going to be a very quick conversation because uh, all I've been playing this week is, of course, you guessed it, Overwatch. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much more to report on that. They still haven't added uh, the the new character yet officially. Um, I think it may be coming in the the next week or something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, he's still not there. Uh, but the Overwatch League is back and it's in playoffs right now. So um, you know they're they're actually playing today actually, um, and we're gonna see. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna determine which team is actually going to be in the grand finals and i will be at the grand finals so i'm looking forward to that um but besides that you know not much else to report um and i didn't really get to play anything else this week so yeah oh uh, well i fully understand that um i probably should have mentioned this at the top of the show I, I do apologize that i was not here last week as i actually attended a wedding in uh miami florida so that was a very nice ceremony a very great experience so uh yeah definitely uh food for thought but i did get a chance to play uh, quite a bit of things i just haven't been able to talk about it on the show so first and foremost i'm going to give a shout out to remise who was actually supposed to be on today's show i finally finished batman telltale season two um and i believe that remise also had said that he very much enjoyed uh that season finale I, I have to say, that to me, this season is far and away better than season one of Batman. Only because they really tried to do something different with the Joker character. Uh, you felt as though some decisions that you made, uh, it really did impact the Joker to some extent. In, in terms of the type of Joker you had to deal with, because they had a vigilante Joker and then they had just a straight up uh, the psychotic Joker that we all know and love. And I tried to befriend Joker on my playthrough. Uh, obviously, um, 
it still led to confrontation in the end because of certain things that happened within the storyline. But I really, really like how the writers handled the season. And then, of course, at the end of the season, a spoiler alert for those who haven't played, um, you do have a choice as to whether or not you still want to be Batman at the end. So I decided to make make Alfred feel better to just say, well, no, I'm not going to be Batman anymore. Now, I'm very curious to see how they explain that. Should they have a, se a season three, which I'm pretty sure they will at some point, but that is not really at the top of their list right now, at least as far as next year is concerned. Um, but yeah, I'll be very curious to see how they handle that moving forward now that I did make that decision because it's a pretty important decision that you make at the end. Um, so they'll just uh, they'll just override it within like the first two minutes of the next season. They'll just be like, "Oh yeah, I know I said I'm not going to be Batman anymore, but actually I changed my mind." Oh well, you know what? If I will say this: if they override that decision, then they also will have to do something with Alfred since he was adamant he didn't want you to be Batman anymore. And uh, that that's why I say if if they do that, that's fine. But they also need to make sure Alfred actually does step away from the picture and not be at all involved in the in the so in the show if that's the direction that they're going to go. No, they'll they'll just uh, they'll just do some lazy writing and be like, you know, Alfred will have a change of heart too, or his life will be <laughs> his life will be in danger, and the only way to save him is to be Batman or something. So, hey, you know, it's it's possible, but uh, hopefully not. I, I, I hope that, you know, because they had all of the staff redundancies at Telltale, I would like to hope that that actually means that um, they are going to actually take into account that now we need to just put out better quality products. I know that the news came out that they also have the new engine that they're going to be working with also finally. So um, I hope, you know, I, I, I hope that the quality, it holds up. I mean, we will find out next month because, uh, the Walking Dead uh, series finale debuts August 14th. Um, and then next year they have The Wolf Among Us season two. So hopefully both of those turn out to be great, great, uh, especially Walking Dead, because this is the final swan song for that series. So, but is, it, um, is, is the, the new engine they're using, is it Unity or something? Oh, oh I, I have no idea. I have no idea what... Um, what they're going to be, what, what they're actually going to be using. I, okay. I just know that they, they said they were going to be making changes because I think they understand that they've had, they've been using the same engine for so long and that you have a lot of technical issues on different console versions because of that engine. So uh, I don't yeah, know what they're using. It is, it is Unity. I just checked. Oh, it is. Okay, uh, see. That, that's going to be very interesting to see like how different it is once they start running in Unity. Well, Absolutely. Um, obviously, Unity is 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 a more uh, stable and a more tested engine. So, um, like, hopefully, uh, the game will be a lot less buggy moving forward. So, I, I I mean, I hope so. I know a couple of people that I did speak to, they were unable to play Batman Season One on PC because of some issues they've had. So, I hope that, uh, yeah, I hope all that stuff does get addressed uh, moving forward. You know. But anyone that uh, is thinking about playing Batman Season 2, I will highly recommend you check it out. Uh, I'm pretty sure Telltale will probably have a sale on that season as we get deeper into the, the, you know, closer to the end of the year because they normally have a lot of that stuff on sale. 
But uh, yeah, if you played season one, definitely play season two, and you may enjoy season two a lot better than season one. So uh, that's my recommendation. Uh, as for what else I have been playing, I actually attended an, an event earlier this week, a Warface preview event that took place in San Francisco, California. Um, I had a chance to play Warface. For those of you who don't know, it's a free-to-play uh, first-person shooter, a uh, military-based first-person shooter. Um, so this is a game that's going to be coming out. It, it's already been out on PC. It came out in back in 2013. It's coming to PlayStation 4 uh, in August and to Xbox One in September. So I had a chance to play the console version of the game, and I can say it was a pretty fun experience overall. I actually have a preview that I'm working on that I will have up on the website by the time this particular episode goes live. <clears throat> but um, I would say it's, I, I had a lot of fun with it. You know, it is, as I said, a multiplayer base. There was a bit of a raid mode that we played uh, in my little session, which is kind of like you going through different levels of a building and having to take out enemies and then they throw in, you know, creatures and stuff for you to have to face as well. So it, it, it was a lot of fun. Definitely something that you can play with your friends. And again, this is a free-to-play game. It's going to be free on Xbox and PlayStation 4, uh, you know, within the next couple of months. So I definitely say it's worth checking out um, if you're looking for something else. Uh, I think it's very interesting that the timing of this particular game coming out, because there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out later this year in regards to that is pretty much the same, such as uh, Call of Duty, Battlefield Five. So... I think they chose a wise decision to come out, you know, in August, in September before those games have a chance to drop. However, I did hear yesterday that that the beta for Call of Duty Black Ops 4, those dates have been announced and they are also in August. So uh, we'll see how that turns out. But um, Warface is great. Uh, it's made by, uh, you know, it's made with uh, the CryEngine 3. Um, so... It, it ran very well on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. I didn't really notice any any issues that I would have noticed uh, if I would have played the game. Like, you know, I know when we went to E3, a lot of games we played, they were still early in development they, and they crashed. But this didn't crash at, at any point in time. It just felt nice, silk, smooth as butter. Um, and yeah, just an overall fun experience. They, they have a ton of modes. Free for all, we did start out with that, which, you know, every man for himself. That was interesting, very competitive. Um, and again, we I did like I mentioned the raid mode, which was a lot of fun as well. So uh definitely look out for my preview of the game where I'll go into a little bit more detail about the particular game. But uh if you do have a PlayStation 4 or Xbox One, you might want to consider picking this up. But again, it doesn't cost you anything to, to at least try it out. But definitely is a lot of fun, and I, I would be surprised if the game isn't received well by the audience on consoles because another game that launched uh, free-to-play, H1Z1, not too long ago, that game has become a massive success on PlayStation 4. So I think this is going to be... This is also going to have some success as well. But uh, we'll have to stay tuned for that. But um, yeah, that pretty much concludes what I've been playing for this week. Uh, I did get a chance to pick up Earthfall. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Uh, so I will be talking about that next time, but uh, I haven't heard too many positive things about it, but I'll give a shout out to 
a couple of people who did tell me about it. Uh, I know Eddie V said the game looks horrible, so we'll see if it's horrible. We'll see. But uh, yeah, that's all we've been playing for this week. So we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll jump right into some of the few news stories that actually happened this week. First and foremost, we have a story on Star Wars in EA. Uh, so Jade Raymond says that fans made a statement about Star Wars. She said that fans only play Star Wars games to learn more than their friends about the universe. I find that to be a very interesting question. Now, Gary, what are your thoughts on her statement? And uh, do you have anything else that you would like to elaborate on? If there's anything else that she said aside from that. Yeah, um, coming from her, that's a very interesting statement, I think, you know, considering she's been in, uh, kind of, well, kind of been in charge of a Star Wars game, you know, at um, EA Visceral and everything like that. So um, I think it's uh, like, I don't know how to take it. I, I feel like she's wrong. Um, but, you know, the fact that she's saying that is it kind of worries me a bit about the state of ea and their mentality in general and you know the mentality of maybe some of their studios because it's like um so the statement she made was basically people only like to play star wars games because they want to know more about star wars than their friends do so that she's implying that the type of people who play star wars games you know they are they want to know more than uh their friends know and their friends might be the type that just go to see the movies and that's it you know so um she's kind of basically saying oh like you know people want to play these games to be nerdy and learn more about star wars than everyone else and be pretentious or whatever when that that's not the case i don't think because me in particular like i'm just using me as an example here because you know um i'm not the biggest star wars fan i'm not super invested in the star wars universe or anything like that right but i love kotor like you know the knights of the old republic like i feel like that's one of the best rpgs ever made um, and one of the best bioware games ever made um and the reason I like to play it is just because it's such a great RPG. And sometimes people just want to play a great game. Um, and, you know, especially we, we've had stuff like Mass Effect and stuff like that. Like um, it, sci-fi kind of games, like I, I, I want to play more of them in general. And, you know, whether it's Star Wars or it's something completely different. I don't mind really like I'm I'm not that super invested in you know the the lore of Star Wars and everything like that I can't tell you you know which character was born when and uh you know what they did in their entire you know life or whatever you know all those different things that people know about the characters and stuff like I, I can't tell you half those things but I just really enjoy playing a good game and I feel like star wars is a good um you know it's it's aesthetically pleasing and um you know it has some cool characters it has some cool backstories it has some cool world building you know in it so i feel like there's so much different types of games that could be made in that universe and you know um it's not it's not just the fact that it's star wars that draws me to that and wanting to no more than everybody else it's just that i want to play a very good game in a in a good setting and one that i'm you know um fairly familiar with so 
the statement i don't know it's just it's a bit weird coming from her i think in my opinion because it's like okay if, if she's saying stuff like that then what what is actually um ea's point of view on these games like what are they thinking about you know what, what's their actual approach with these games are they just trying to like she's basically confirming that they they kind of just want to milk it like in my opinion like if you read through the subtext and everything it's like you know uh read between the lines it, it feels like she's saying that because that that's the influence coming from within ea and um it feels like that's where their state of mind lies at the moment um where basically they just want to uh serve an audience of people who love star wars but you know they they they're not particularly paying any close attention to what they're making it's just they want to serve that fan base basically and i feel like you should be uh your ideas and your philosophy behind the game should be more developed than just that so that's my thoughts on on that but what do you think yeah i mean i i personally think that uh i think the statement is is a little off i think it's okay to say that some of the fan base might be casual there might be some people that may only be casually interested in star wars and Therefore, they're talking about making games that cater to them, but really they should be making games that cater to not just the casuals, but also people who are actually hardcore fans of the series itself. Um, I feel like uh, when you decide to take on a license such as EA took on with this license, you have to know it shouldn't be just about milking the license for all it's worth. But you got to understand that there is a very there's a lot of fans that are very very interested in Star Wars, uh, and if you mess this up, they are going to be the first to have a lot of backlash coming um, in regards to this particular thing. So I don't know if I agree with her statement at all because I think they should be in the business of making a game that can appeal to people who are fans of Star Wars and also who who who, who could be potentially coming on coming to the series for the first time because they have to know that ahead of time that even if you make a game and it's not quite what somebody would expect from a star wars game the people who are diehard fans of star wars they are absolutely going to complain and come after you and, and say a lot of bad things so uh you got to be prepared for that backlash um i find that comment also interesting because of the fact that uh well we know what happened last year with Battlefront 2 and all of the controversy behind the microtransactions, all that other stuff. The fact that, uh, you know, they still have the Star Wars license is interesting. Uh, and, you know, I know that this game, as well as the Respawn game, are also going to be coming out, which are both going to be Star Wars related. Uh, I'm very curious to know what, uh, you know, what Disney thinks of this particular statement. Um, whether or not they, they would agree with that. Because I do think at some point it has to also take into account that it does have a diehard fan base. And that fan base also deserves to have a great experience as well. Um, but that's just my opinion on the matter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, I, I just feel like it, it becomes more apparent, you know, with every kind of statement or uh, every new story that comes out about ea it just becomes more apparent that this is not the right company to be representing the star wars star wars series right now um in my opinion 
So yeah, Disney should. I think they should definitely be concerned. But I mean, hey, we they they still they are still working on other Star Wars projects at the moment. You know, besides just the Battlefront stuff. So I guess we have to wait and see what those games are going to be like uh, before we really make a, a final judgment on EA. But yeah, just just the way it's been looking. I feel like they were completely the wrong company to trust these Star Wars games with. Oh, I agree 100%. And and I think that, uh, no doubt about it, Disney is going to be keeping a watchful, a very close eye on these other games. I'm telling you, if something happens with uh, the next two Star Wars games, you know, the only one I know about coming next is Respawn's game next year. I don't know when this Jade Raymond game is dropping at any time soon since the project got shelved and pushed back out further. But I'm pretty sure they're watching very closely. They will be watching how these games are received. And if EA messes up again, then I would not be surprised if they get that license away from them as quick as possible. Yeah. But uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm very curious to know what others think of this particular topic because it's an interesting uh thing statement made by miss raymond oh yeah i, I definitely i want to hear like what other people who who are actually star wars fans think of the statement as well and you know just everyone else out there but um one more thing like because i remember um disney had their own game studio but they shut them down um i i feel like what disney should have did was they should have bought a studio like you know um maybe like a a smaller kind of studio that that has a good reputation for example rocksteady or something like that now i know rocksteady work with warner brothers but um i'm just trying to give an example of the type of studio you know they should have gone for so that i feel like they should have bought out a studio and made these star wars games in-house and then had a publishing partner so like ea could have been a publishing partner to help them publish the game or something like that um because at least then we know that the vision of the games would probably be more in line with um what you know what they're trying to push with the star wars brand overall whereas the games we've gotten so far from ea it's like they're just trying to milk everything like the past star wars shit with the new star wars stuff like you know they're they're just really trying to milk everything they can so um I think, yeah, Disney should have definitely taken a different approach. I agree. I definitely agree with that. I just think, uh, I mean, there was a Disney interactive studio that uh, went out of business. So, uh, oh, they went out of business? I thought they just shut them down. Yeah, yeah, it got, well, it did get shut down, but it's, that company is no longer, I, I, I recall getting emails from that company about different games and then you know the last i tried to contact them a couple of years ago that they was they were they was gone they was done that company was shut down so uh i don't really know but i I will say that um yeah i I think uh i would like to hope that disney learned from what happened with ea last year with battlefront 2 and they have to be very cautious and careful with all of this stuff um I mean, we already know, we've had jokes before about EA in the past, how this is a company that they've they've taken so many studios, games, franchises that we enjoyed and messed them up. And Mass Effect Andromeda, I think, uh, is a very good example of that, 
because um, they just completely killed all momentum. No DLC, nothing. And all the technical issues they had with that game is just is unfortunate that that game had to be a casualty. This is why a lot of people are very curious to see what's going to happen with this particular game in addition to the Respawn game. Because la even before when they released Titanfall 2, they released that in a crowded schedule and therefore a lot of people didn't pick up the game until much, much later than they would want it. So it didn't it hit the sales target that it wanted them to hit. So I feel like EA definitely has to do a lot of goodwill on a lot of these projects, but with Star Wars, yeah, it, 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 it definitely is a cash grab involved because they already know a lot of people will pick up the game, but they still have to put in the effort to make it a great game. And I, like I said, I would hope that this game will appeal to not just casuals, but actual people who are fans of the series. Um, because, I mean, they, I think they deserve a great Star Wars game just as much as anybody else. But uh, we'll see because at the end of the day, it is the business. You know, they they only concerned about selling the game, increasing the sales, doing whatever they got to do. You know, throw some loot boxes in there, microtransactions. So they're going to do whatever they got to do at the end of the day to survive as a company. But, um, yeah, it, it, I guess, yeah, that statement, people should be concerned about it. But I guess, as you said, we'll have to wait and see what this actual game is because I have no idea when this game is coming out. I would say next year, but that's not the case because we already know the Respawn game is fall of 2019. So this game may not come out until 2020. Um, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, and probably by then, everybody will be sick and tired of Star Wars anyway because, you know, they've been pumping out so many movies and it's kind of lost its uh mystique a little bit well hey I, listen i i hope so because i did go see the han solo movie and that was a complete garbage so <laughs> that's an example of you know doing too much with a license and i'm glad that that, that disney did acknowledge they were going to take a, a step back on some of these other solo movies uh because they know they got to really focus on making a great product now, with that said, we'll see how the next Star Wars movie comes out next year, because uh, a lot of people did complain about Last Jedi also, and those complaints are valid, but uh, yeah, I just think too much milking this stuff is, is not never a good idea, uh, unless, of course, you have a strategy in mind and you actually are making quality movies, but Han Solo, that was the complete waste of time, garbage movie all around. <laughs> um, so I could only imagine what it looked like before Ron Howard actually turned around and directed it because it was definitely worse than that. But it is what it is. So we'll see. <laughs> Indeed. All right. So let's move on to the next story. This is actually a story that you know a little bit more about me. I mean, you, you know a little bit more about it than I do. So why don't you lead off the story? All right. So, um, yeah. So NDP uh, analyst Matt Piscatella, um, he actually made uh, a prediction you know, earlier this week. And he thinks that the Nintendo Switch is going to be the top selling console of uh, 2018. Now, a lot of people are questioning this because they feel like the momentum of uh switch exclusive games is slowing down severely at the moment you know compared to last year 
um when we had you know we had zelda we had mario uh we had uh uh, uh what's that game called um i can't remember the the paintball one you know we had uh i think smash bros came out last year as well can't remember not yeah. well, splatoon splatoon yeah yeah there you go yeah, so there, there was a lot of stuff that came out for the Switch last year. Um, this year, it's kind of been slowing down. So a lot of people are kind of questioning this statement a little bit. But Piscatella's point is that, um, you know, the Switch will be driven by the launches of uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, uh, Super Smash Bros. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's it so he thinks those games will be enough to like you know push uh the system and also there uh, i know there's a lot of third party games coming to the system too such as warframe and you know fortnite came out and things of that nature but uh, my thing is i don't think people are going to buy the switch for those third party games though um you know i think they're just nice additions if you have a switch because then you can play those games on the go and stuff like that but the you know what you really buy the system for is the exclusives and i i I just feel like the lineup this year does not compare to the lineup last year because last year's lineup was incredible for the for the switch um and yeah i'm I'm not i don't know i I don't know how i feel i mean people are still going out to buy the switch just because of the potential of the console and um you know people like having a, a console on the go and it has great graphics, you know, and everything. You can play a lot of uh, the most recent games on it on the go and everything like that. So that's enough to get people to go out and buy the console. Um, so I do believe that it is going to sell loads this year. But to to say it's going to be the top seller, you know, already when, I mean, there's so many games coming out the, the, at the bottom half of this year. You know, Red Dead um you know uh spider-man you know all sorts of like big blockbuster games are coming out you know this fall um and i feel like that might give the edge to the ps4 a little bit so um i don't know what do you think about the the statement the prediction Well, well actually uh i think his prediction is right on the money um because I know that when we spoke about NPD in the past, uh, you know, at least as far as the last couple of months, uh, the Nintendo Switch titles have been selling very, very well. Um, I know yesterday uh, Nintendo actually released two other titles for Switch, uh, Octopath Traveler, as well as uh, Captain Toad. Um, And I know a lot of people that picked up both those titles. and I've heard nothing but positive things about Octopath Traveler. I, I actually am also interested in checking that out at some point in time. But I think um, in terms of it being the uh, best-selling console for the year, I, I think that is 100% doable because of the fact that you do have Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. And I can confirm when we went to E3, the amount of people that was excited for that game and wanting to play the game, it was it was it was just ridiculously insane. You know, they had a tournament there in which people were able to play it. And then even you can also participate as press uh, to actually play some of this stuff as well. So I I, I think uh, that game is without a doubt a big deal for Nintendo. Um, they may have a couple of other titles that they haven't really been uh, quite as clear or concrete on because I, I, I should say I should say that I didn't get a chance to see the Nintendo Direct 
uh, during E3 because I had an appointment with another publisher at that time. So I don't really know what they have coming this fall. All I know is that Super Smash Brothers, obviously, that's December, right as soon as December kicks off. So that's going to be perfect. And that's definitely going to sell well for the holiday season because of that game. But I just think um, with the Switch coming out last year, yeah, there's no doubt about it. They had a better lineup of games last year because you had Zelda and Mario the same year. And that it normally never happens like that. So, yeah, the lineup may not be quite as impressive as that. But I still think Smash Brothers is a big deal. I think uh, Octopath Traveler is a pretty big deal. And then all them basically re-releasing all these other games. Uh, still, I think all that is a big deal. You know, Bayonetta 3, we have no idea when that's coming out. I know Nintendo hasn't really provided any updates on that. We also have that No More Heroes game that uh, I believe both myself and Mr. Lugo got a chance to check out at both PAX West and PAX East. Uh, that is a game that's in development as well uh, for people who are fans of um, Suda 51 games. So it, I, I think Nintendo definitely can be the top selling console this year. Now, in regards to PlayStation, they do have Spider-Man coming, uh, but uh, I do believe Spider-Man is going to sell very, very well. But I, I, I don't think that I don't think I, I don't really think that a lot of people are going to necessarily buy a playstation 4 i think a lot of people have already bought the playstation 4s and they're definitely going to buy the game but i don't really know how many consoles it's going to sell because i i assume that everybody already has a playstation 4 except for maybe one person that you and i know um that oh, doesn't yeah. have one yeah that person, that person will never have one. Oh yeah he, yeah he will never have one unless halo comes to playstation which will never happen so um but i i you know I mean, Sony has a lot of the same third-party games coming to their platform that are also coming to Xbox this fall. You know, Call of Duty, Red Dead, all that stuff is multi-platform. I just don't know if it's going to be enough during the holiday season to really compete with Nintendo because Nintendo has that big exclusive of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, I really think that's going to definitely move a lot of units. And then the other thing I would say is that last year... I don't really think everybody bought a Switch last year. I didn't get a Switch until close to the end of the year. So I would assume that a lot of people, maybe maybe they wanted to buy it for Zelda, and then they were on the fence, but then they wanted to buy it for Mario. They were still on the fence. But with Smash Brothers, they may just say, oh, yeah, I definitely want to get it now. And we already know Nintendo's going to definitely have a bundle with Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So I, I think that is going to definitely uh, help them to become... The best-selling console but uh we'll have to wait and see but i <clears throat> i don't think the statement is off um i think it certainly all it depends on what happens over the next couple of months and whether or not nintendo has some other games coming that they uh, that they reveal are also coming this year because again i didn't see the nintendo direct so i have no idea what else they have coming aside from smash for uh this this upcoming fall um but i mean we'll have to wait and see uh, as for Microsoft, you know, Microsoft does have Forza coming. They have a lot of the indie titles that are also coming. Do I think somebody is going to buy an Xbox One for Forza? Uh, I don't think so, personally. Uh, I would say it's a fantastic game, and but I know the game won't appeal to everybody because people may not be racing game fans. Would I buy an Xbox One X for Forza? Yeah, I would, but not everybody. But uh, I don't really think that's going to be 
what moves a lot of Xboxes this fall either. It has to be a major title. Now, if Microsoft was to drop Halo, that Halo Infinite game this fall, that's a different story. Then I think Microsoft 100%, you can put them right in this discussion. But as of right now, I I, I would say no. Uh, Forza, it's going to do well sales-wise. At least I'm hoping it does well. But is that enough to for someone to say, oh, I need to get an Xbox One X? I don't think so. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see. But Nintendo, yeah, I think they have a chance. Uh, so I, for now, I'll agree with the statement, and we'll see what happens this fall. But uh, what are some other thoughts that, that you have? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely see your point. I do think it's possible, definitely, for sure. Like, I, I feel like it's definitely possible. It's just... Um, I, I mean, I don't know, like, um, the, the Nintendo fan base, you know, they, they, they love Nintendo. I mean, I'm, but the thing is, the fan base, I'm pretty sure the fan base already has the system. So it's like, they look like the new sales are probably going to come from the more casual people or just people who kind of held off, I guess, for more games to come out. Um, but I feel like the bulk of people would have bought it last year because, you know, just having Zelda and Mario at like the same year, like that is insane in itself. So I feel like that's why the sales just took off initially because those two powerhouses came out and, you know, Splatoon is picking up traction as well. And uh, we know Smash Bros is coming and stuff. So, um, but like, I don't know, like it just feels like there isn't, enough throughout the year i mean smash bros is the end of the year according like to what you said and stuff um i'm not actually sure when pokemon comes out is that this fall as well oh yeah yeah that game is definitely coming out this fall um i don't but like i said if it was in the the, the nintendo direct i don't know what the date was they announced but uh it's definitely coming this 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 fall okay i mean yeah i mean yeah pokemon I guess that is something um, uh, like I don't know what the reception was to that game though because I like I really need to know more about what people thought of the actual game like if they were you know amazed by it and stuff like that because I know a lot of people were waiting for uh, the announcement of a Pokemon game on Switch including me but um, from what they showed like I it, I don't know if I'm that interested to be honest like uh, it's not what I expected it to be. So I, I want to know what the reception to Pokemon was from a lot of the fan base because that could definitely be a determining factor in you know how many how how much more systems they're going to sell when that game comes out. Um, but yeah, I mean it's definitely possible either way. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and as I said. Uh... There very well could be some other titles that Nintendo decides to have a direct for. They could have a direct anytime between now and in the end of summer and announce, oh yeah, and the, we have a few other these other titles coming this fall. So I guess it all depends um what other games they have coming. Uh but again, I, I've heard nothing but positive things about Octopath Traveler uh so far from multiple people. So I think that that's great. That's definitely going to do well. I don't. I don't understand why the Captain Toad game came out the exact same day. They probably should have stretched that out a little bit further. I, I would have thought, but uh, hey, it's it's on them. This is this is their schedule. What they want to do with these games, but uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, how everything pans out. But I, I definitely think um, 
it is 100% possible that that could be the top selling console uh, only because, yeah, we're only in the second year that it's been out. Uh, for some reason, there are some people out there that haven't gotten a Switch. I know you don't have a Switch yet, and I don't recall you said you would get it for Pokemon, though. So, see, that that is a... Uh, there's a, a lot of people out there that probably still don't have a Switch and want a reason to get it, but they might be waiting on something else, such as a Smash Brothers or Pokemon. So, um, just have to wait and see. But uh, with that said... Um, I definitely think that there's a lot of great games coming out, regardless of what console you have this this fall. So, you know, I don't really think anybody's going to be complaining about content because there's literally a lot of stuff to play. Um, whether it's uh, Red Dead Redemption, Black Ops, Battlefield Five, uh, Forza. I mean, the list goes on. There's a lot of stuff coming out this fall. So I think everybody will be satisfied with that, at, at least. But we'll see. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. Definitely want to hear more comments about that. So, you guys listening, leave your comments. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, and I think we have uh, one final topic to get into here. Um, this is going to be a very interesting discussion because I'm not necessarily prepared for this particular answer. I, I I can introduce this one if you want. Okay, okay, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, it's 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 a slow time for video games. You know, E3's gone already. We know all the the new announcements and everything like that. It's the summer drought. We all know what it is. You know. So I decided to, you know, we we should, for the next few episodes leading into September and everything, we should just have some fun discussions about games. You know, about classic games and you know all sorts. So um one of the topics we came up with this week was to you know rank our top three grand theft auto video games because me and rich we're both huge fans of the gta series so i thought it would be quite fun for us to you know um, basically list our top three in order you know gta games and just say why you know that is our order so i mean i have my order already uh would you like me to go first richard or do you have do you oh, oh yeah go ahead okay cool yeah so my order is and i definitely want to hear more as well so you people listening make sure you're you're leaving your comments and everything let us know you know what your order is what your rank is for the gta games but my order um so i'm gonna go through from, from three to number one so backwards so at number three i'm actually gonna go gta 5 you know that that's my number three G, uh, Grand Theft Auto game and um, the game it, it was really good you know it's it's the latest GTA to come out so it's updated technology it's you know um, it's co- compared to what we're used to with, with all the previous GTA games it's you know it's got it's got so much uh, so much more technical detail you know the visuals are incredible um, of course, there were multiple versions, um, and I, I feel like even on the PS3 and the Xbox One, the game looked phenomenal. But when they brought it to PS4 and Xbox One and PC, it looked that much better too. And you know that that in itself is impressive. Um, it has GTA Online, which is very fun. Uh, the only thing setting it back a little bit is the uh, microtransaction stuff, like the buy to play kind of thing that they've added recently. Um, I think the heists were amazing. It's just that, you know, you really need friends to play that mode with. 
which is unfortunate because you know if you try to play with randoms and stuff like that you you're going to run into problems with people leaving and just you know being uncoordinated so you have to really get a group of friends to play the heists and that that takes a lot of effort sometimes but um the the mode itself is amazing you know um and as for the main game i feel like the story was really good i liked the idea of switching between the three main protagonists and everything uh that was a really cool addition and i hope they adopt that in future games too um so yeah i mean gta 5 it brought a lot to the series and i feel like it it presents a lot for them to build upon for the future as well so um yeah that that's definitely number three on my list for, for gta um so my number two and uh i have a very sentimental reason for putting it above gta 5 but my number two is gta 3 because you know that was really like uh i just kind of got a ps2 which was my second games console like my first one was dreamcast second one was ps2 and ps2 i think was really when i like uh it's when i started to play a lot of the games that I love to this day kind of thing, like, you know, Final Fantasy and um, GTA 3 and, you know, like, it's just the the game was so monumental for its time and I feel like it was a real game changer, like, after GTA 3, there were so many open world games, like, that's when we started to see the emergence of open world games on a large scale, like, there were so many imitations of GTA 3 and um that that still happens to this day and i feel like that game it was really the one that set the standard for that you know for the sandbox game and everything and i I just have so many memories of it and i just i love everything about it from the radio stations to the funny things that the pedestrians say to uh the funny storylines and stuff like that like it felt like they 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 wasn't they wasn't taking themselves seriously at all when they made the game like they were just having fun and it really shows in the presentation and you know uh, the style of the game um i feel like they started to get a lot more serious about the series after that they put a lot more uh detail into stories and um you know uh, all the technical stuff and gameplay mechanics and everything like that but gta 3 was really just you know it was like the template it was like the foundation and it's just even to this day it's so fun to just go back to and just play and see what what that game did at that time when it came out um so yeah for that reason it's number two on my list um and my number one i'm sure like you know that a lot of people probably going to say this is their number one um i'm I'm interested to see what richard is going to say actually but gta san andreas is my number one and um yeah i mean what can i say man like that gta 3 was great vice city was really good too but everything about san andreas was perfect like the setting the environment the uh you know the characters and of course, you know, being brothers and everything, like we we completely identify with, you know, everything that you know that's presented with the, the characters and everything like that. And um, I feel like Rockstar actually took a risk telling that kind of story, you know, and, and going in that direction because 
they could have alienated a ton of their fan base but they 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 stayed true to what they were trying to do and you know they had a clear vision of what they wanted to to tell and you know this the story and they stuck to it they stuck to their guns and they did it you know and it came out really well and it felt really authentic to you know uh south side uh, la you know um south central la and how it was in it portrayed in the 90s and everything in in different movies like uh boys in the hood and you know uh, menace to society and things like that you know um they stayed very true to that and i feel like it came out great and just everything about the game is perfect from the gang wars to the huge selection of clothes and uh, the rpg elements that they introduced like i i was still surprised that they managed to put that game on the ps2 just because it, it had so much that game had like the games at that point were not giving that much content in the games you know so yeah um that game was it was a masterpiece to be honest so yeah that's my grand theft auto list so what, what's yours uh, do you have well, any comments the, 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 those were those were great picks uh it, it's gonna be very hard to to make my list different from yours because uh you've already said a lot of great points um no, I think that's a solid list. The the top the top list, the top one, the top pick, yeah, the top pick onward. I agree with all of that. So, that's that's good. Now, a, a, as for my personal picks, mine's are not too different from yours. Um although I will say this, I really really enjoyed Grand Theft Auto 5. Uh I feel like that is they have evolved the series to a point where they're starting to do a lot more with different characters, stuff like that. So for that reason, I think it should be an honorable mention. And at the very least, um, but you know, I will, I will admit that I did get a chance to play through most of Grand Theft Auto five, but I never completely finished Grand Theft Auto five. So for that reason, I don't want to, to give it a, a number quite yet. I mean, I still intend to finish it before, um, the next Grand Theft Auto game comes out, but for right now, I definitely think it is impressive on its own. So I will, at the very least, say, let's give it an honorable mention. Uh, as for my top three, uh, number three, I'm gonna go with Grand Theft Auto Three also because uh, I think um, when I started playing Grand Theft Auto games, this was easily one of the first that I did get a chance to play, where I actually was able to play on a console and. I was I remember being very amazed by all the things that they were doing with that particular game. Never would have imagined they would take it as far as they've done uh, so far with everything. Um, and, you know, we could say the storyline was pretty basic in, in terms of what they did, but they did so many great things with that. I, I felt like that absolutely positively um, was was great in, in every way imaginable. So just because that was one of my first experiences in and as you had already said, that set the standard for open world games to, to a certain extent. I, I definitely want to at least give that, put that on my list as number three. Um, now this is where it's going to get a little interesting. My number two pick, um, uh, I know people will hate, hate, hate me for saying this. I have to go with Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Um, the reason why... That's, that's not a bad pick, but go ahead. Oh, 
okay look, the reason why i say vice city uh just from my own personal standpoint this was when i really started to take notice of how they put music in the game it's in regards to the soundtracks oh yeah i, I remember that this one song called uh get down a saturday night I remember I listened to that song and I, I, I enjoyed the music so much in Grand Theft Auto that I actually downloaded the music later and was listening to it in my car. So, they, yeah, they, you know, they, they had a lot of hits in that in that soundtrack. I think that was the, the first time they actually started licensing music. So, yeah, they, they had a lot of great songs. That, that that definitely makes sense if that if that is the case with the licensing of the music at that particular time. But but yeah, that that. The soundtrack was great. Then the story was relatable also because it very much reminded me of Scarface, you know, in, in the, the rise of the character, how the character starts out and then, you know, becomes a figure towards the end. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed that. You know, the Miami setting well, it was kind of like Miami type of setting. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that that game. That That, that is a game that I, I don't know how many times I've played it. I've, I've gone back to it, just kept going back to it. Um, when I when it when I when I had first gotten it, so I definitely think that definitely deserves to be on the list, only because yeah, again, it's it's an evolution of what they did with Grand Theft Auto Three. It showed they can do a lot more. Uh, I remember getting vehicles in the game, doing all types of crazy stuff, and yeah, I really really enjoyed the game. So I absolutely positively have to say that's that's my number two. Um, and as for number one, uh, this is very very difficult, very very difficult. Uh, I also have to say San Andreas is number one. H however, I want to say this. I cannot discredit Grand Theft Auto 4 either because Nico Bellic, uh, I really enjoyed the hell out of that game. Um, but if you're talking about, you know, in, in the top picks of what I enjoy more, hands down, is San Andreas. Not only just because of the stuff that you mentioned and how... It felt in terms of the storytelling, but this is a game where I was just glad to see that they had a black protagonist uh, because I believe this is one of those games where they didn't really have too many different protagonists in different video games of that were actually black around this time. I could be wrong, but I don't really because that that was a while ago. Um, but it stood out to me because it was a Grand Theft Auto game, and normally it's just the characters always look the same. You know, but this right here, I definitely was more was felt a lot more. Uh, I was able to uh, relate to the characters a lot more because of the fact that where the setting, where it took place, uh, I was a big fan of hip hop around that time as well. But yeah, it, it just to me everything clicked on, on you know all together. I know, and it's one of those those games where I always wonder if they would bring that back or they would bring back some of those characters in future games. I know a lot of people was campaigning to see CJ make an appearance in, in some future content for another game. Uh, that never happened. So, I mean, I would like to hope that eventually we can see this character's come back. But yeah, I really, really enjoyed that game. Uh, without a doubt, that has to be my number one. But again, I don't want to discredit. Rockstar has done a phenomenal job on all of these games. You know, Ballad of Gay Tony was fantastic. Uh, that was actually one of the first games I reviewed for the Coalition, so um, I enjoyed that as well as uh, the biker game as well that they did for, I think it's Lost in the Damned. Yeah. 
Uh, so the Rockstar has done a great job with all these games. You know, it makes me very curious to see how they're going to treat Grand Theft Auto Six. But uh, without a doubt, those are my top three: San Andreas, Vice City, and uh, Grand Theft Auto Three. Yeah, those are, those are definitely good picks, man. And, and like going back to Vice City, um, like I I definitely feel like oh, there's a bit of an echo. Hold on. Oh, hold on. Um. Okay, it's gone. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like um, Vice City, hands down, had the best soundtrack, and the soundtrack really made the game, and it just went so well with the theme, the whole 80s vibe and everything, and I feel like it, it was definitely a great game. What really um, held that game back from being on my list was the missions in that game were so frustrating. Like, oh my, like, they were... Oh, yeah. They were painful, like some of them. There was like tons of like airplane helicopter missions, like, and they were just really frustrating. And they had like, I remember they had the little remote, uh, uh, remote controlled helicopters and stuff, and you had to like get bombs with them or something like that. Like, they had all those kinds of different annoying missions in that game. And uh, I think that's what really, uh, uh, you know, soured me on it a little bit. But in terms of the, the overall theme, and everything like that like the presentation that game definitely is ph- phenomenal um and also gta 4 i know a lot of people give that game some stick too but i like the reason i really love gta 4 is because um new york is probably like my favorite city because i i love skyscrapers and you know all that sort of stuff um and that's like the most accurate you know representation of uh new york you know it's liberty city but it's based on new york city and of course because gta3 was set in uh you know well i mean it came out in a different era of gaming they were limited to you know how they they could portray you know new york city at that time because they couldn't go too crazy because of the technology and stuff but with GTA 4, it, it's way more accurate and, you know, way, you know it, it's, it actually resembles the real New York, you know. So that's what I love about that game. And I feel like that game had some really good missions, too. Um, I know everyone complains about the driving. That that kind of was a pain in the ass a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, but I do want to say that, that they had some great DLC expansions for that game, though. Uh, oh yeah like like you mentioned before so yeah yeah oh yeah definitely and i really i really enjoyed nico as a character that was that was great to see how that story unfolded um but yeah i i i understand the frustration that you mentioned with that as well as uh vice city um definitely challenging but uh all fun games and, and like i said it, it makes me very curious to see what Rockstar is going to do different for Grand Theft Auto 6. I know at one point there was a rumor that they're actually going to have a female protagonist. Um, and I know that in the past, uh, Grand Theft Auto has gotten, they got a little bit of a slack for how they portray the women in the game. So, you know, maybe that's not a bad idea since it seems to be a female protagonist in almost every game now. Um, but those those people who complain though, they, they I can tell they never really played the games because remember Catalina from GTA Three, like she was, oh she, yeah, she was real, she was a bad chick, man. Like she was, <laughs> she was a strong character, man. 
for real. Oh no, you're right about that. You're right about that. No, no, I, I think it's those people that make those complaints. They they only see when you have the instances where you can have sex with the characters or whatever. They only see that that portrayal. They don't look at how the other women are treated within the game, and if they are also characters and how they play into the story. So, I think that is the uh, the issue. But um, we'll definitely see what they do for the next game. Again, I feel like um, I'm not really sure what they're going to choose in terms of setting. Uh, they they could potentially go to a different location, or they could potentially go back to a place we've already seen. But I, I'm very curious to see what they do when they when it actually gets to that point. That won't be for a while though, because Red Dead Redemption that's coming out in October, and that's all they're focused on right now. So. But we'll see what happens down the road. Sure. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So, uh, any other things you wanted to bring up before we get ready to uh, wrap up today's show? Uh, no, nah, that was pretty much it. That was a fun discussion. But, yeah, that's it for me. Oh, yeah. So, uh, we definitely thank you all for listening. I know the show ran maybe a little bit shorter than normal, but you know, as we said before, that there isn't really too much news right now because this is the summer drought. Um, so, I mean, I would definitely encourage you all. I mean, there's there are some games if you guys want to play. Like I said, Octopath Traveler is out now. If you want to play any games, definitely play some games. If you want to just take it easy and chill out and relax and enjoy the summer, I think you should do that too. Um, but yes, uh, as I said, uh, that concludes the show for this week. So we thank you all for listening. I want to give a special shout out to, uh, I'll give a special shout out to all of the Patreon supporters, which I'm sure Gary will do as well. Uh, give a shout out to Dana and Adam. We recorded a WrestleCast last night, Extreme Rules 2018 predictions. Uh, definitely check that out if you're interested and let us know who you think is going to win these matches. Uh, absolutely. And, um, yeah, let's give a shout out to, to you, Gary, as well, for recording the show with me today. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. We're always here, man. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, but yeah, the floor is yours now for shout outs. Yeah, so like Richard said, big shouts to all of our Patreon supporters. I'm going to name them right now. That's M. Collins, Sean Gorety, Stephen Firon, uh, Mauricio Aguilar, Hemdil, Fergus Mills. Miguel and Antonio Rogers, we appreciate you all for your continued support of the co-op podcast and the coalition, um, you know, all together. So thanks to all of those people. Um, and, you know, shouts to everyone who's listening to the show, you know, um, on YouTube and iTunes and all those other, you know, various mediums, Stitcher and everything. Um, and shouts to the whole coalition team, you know, Throwdown. Um, podcast and everything and Dana, Max, JJ, you know, Tatiana, all the other staff members and stuff. Um, and yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Absolutely. Yes. So once again, thank you all for listening and we will talk to you all next week.